Welcome to The Sauce, a St. Louis restaurant podcast. I'm Mira Nagarajan. And I'm Michelle Volansky. Welcome to this week's episode. Yeah, Mira, where have you been lately? I went to Taika Shabu Shabu in Olivet. A favorite. Such a favorite. Actually, you put me on Taika when it was just Taika, and then they moved locations and reopened in 2021. They were a best new restaurant, Taika Shabu Shabu. And it's such a great place. I love getting takeout there. I also love to dine in. It's a super cute restaurant. And we got a bunch of stuff for takeout. First, I always get their basil stir-fry eggplants. I do, too. It's so good. (laughs) It's the best. I love Chinese eggplant dishes, and this one is definitely one of my faves in town. Yeah, it, it does have a lot of basil in it, which I really love. And it's got this spicy soybean paste. So it's kind of sticky and a little sweet, but then it's got a good amount of heat in it. And then this herbal bright burst of basil, which I think is so, so delicious. And I like that with the what just like their white rice. I'll even eat it plain. It's just so good. And the texture, I feel like, of the vegetables, it's a little bit creamy. It's still firm on the outside. It's just really, really nice. It's not too mushy. Yeah, some of those eggplant dishes can start to feel almost like a baba ganoush, like a really soft paste. Yeah. But theirs are holding firm with their shape. They're yeah. so good. I always love to get their stir-fry Taiwanese cabbage. It's got garlic in it. And I think it has like a dose of ginger. It's a really nice palate cleanser. We're big fans of their three-cup chicken or the three-cup tofu at the office. It's big chunks of chicken or tofu, and it's got a really nice sauce. I love the sauce. Super flavorful. There's garlic. There's sesame oil. There's basil. Again, ginger. A lot of aromatics. Really flavorful. Last time when I went and got takeout, I got their stir-fry noodles. I got their fried rice. They have a Taiwanese sausage fried rice, which Taiwanese sausage is different. Yes, that is my favorite dish. I always get that one. Why is it different, the Taiwanese sausage? It's like this kind of sweet-sour sausage. They're um, small and really fine and dense inside, almost like a salami a little bit, a softer, but that kind of dense with the, you know, the fat chunks in there. And yeah, they have this sweet flavor and chewy texture that suits fried rice so well. Yeah, I love that restaurant. I really do. And, you know, if you're in the mood for Chinese takeout, Taika Shabu Shabu is a really great option because they have things that are really similar and familiar to Chinese takeout, but it's different because it is Taiwanese and it's a fun introduction to a new cuisine. Yeah, it's a good way to kind of mix up old favorites and try like a different regional flavor. On Olive right now, you know, they always have the reputation as being where there's great Chinese places in town. But in recent years, it's especially been awesome to try different regions. Like we have good Sichuan there and um, yeah, Taiwanese, Northern Chinese. Like we're really seeing more variety there and it's great. Yeah. Where have you been lately? Well, last week I visited a kind of local neighborhood place in Lindenwood Park that's been on my to-hit list for a long time now, uh, Bubba's Deli. It's just kind of a small sandwich shop on a corner, but I know it's pretty beloved in that neighborhood. It's that area down by Farmhouse and Pizza Go-Go. And I think the strength of Bubba's Deli is they so they do smoke their own meats. Um, he has brisket that look, sells out daily. Uh, you can get it on a, a melt, like a French dip, but with his 
house brisket. Mm. And their bread to me is the star. They get these Italian uh, loaves. Most of the sandwiches are on the sesame French bread and they toast them super, super toasty. Ooh. And so every bite is like crunchy, that perfect like, chew. The sandwich I got was the Bubba's Special, which is ham, turkey, salami, provolone cheese on that crusty French bread. And they put a mustard garlic mayo, which is why I picked that one, because I saw the mayo and I was like, I have to have that. Mustard garlic. Yeah, because they were sold out of the brisket dip by the time I got there, which was sad. So I have to I have to make another visit to try it because it looks like that's the start. Okay, how do you feel about sandwiches that come on untoasted bread? I I reject it. I don't like it at all. I rebuke it. I don't want that. I need toasty. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It feels feels too much like a sad cold-cut sandwich I can make at home. Yes. It feels more homemade for sure. Unless Mm -hmm. the bread is like something very special, I love it when it's toasted. Prefer it that way. Me too. Okay, we agree. Glad we're on the same page. So today for a staff lunch, we went to a new spot that opened up in Clayton. They're at 8113 Maryland Avenue. It's called Jinsen Fusion Cuisine. The people that own the restaurant are from different parts of Asia. Some are Korean, some are Chinese, and I believe two of the owners are Japanese. So they have a really nice mix of different cuisines on the menu. And I think the menu, one thing we both really appreciated about it is that it was really a tight edit. It could be so easy for a restaurant that's incorporating several cuisines to become completely out of control. And they somehow picked their favorites and put it on the menu. And we had such a great lunch. Yeah, it's a great lunch. It's a beautiful space. Tons of beautiful, like, sandy light wood. They worked with uh, an interior designer in China, like, remotely. And they ordered, like, certain custom wood spots. And it really shows. It's a really custom-feeling space. Yeah, it feels very immersive. It does. Okay, so let's talk about the menu and a few of the things that we tried. One of our favorite starters were the mustard cucumber pickles. They were so good. Yeah, I love a pickle on a menu, especially when you're going to have a lot of like fried food. It's awesome to have that pickly kind of palate cleanser between bites. Yeah. And these were kind of unique. I hadn't had a pickle in this style before. It felt like wasabi a little bit. Yes, definitely. Or a horseradish. It had kind of a spicy tang Mm -hmm. uh, on top of that sweetness Mm -hmm. and a good crunch. Yeah, I like the size of it, too. Sometimes when I get like a cucumber pickly dish at an Asian restaurant, usually it's thinner and more like soft texture. Mm -hmm. These were kind of chopped up in a little chunkier style and really had a good snap to them. Mm -hmm. And I definitely felt the wasabi or horseradish, whatever it was, it was like it had a really nice zing to it. So it went really well with the tempura squid that we got. Was it Mm -hmm. tempura? They are calling it, so it feels like a a classic calamari, but they're calling it karage squid. Karage is like a Japanese little chicken nugget kind of appetizer. Uh, So it's a squid play on it. Yeah. They were fried. Yes. So perfectly. So crispy. They were so crunchy. Mm -hmm. I loved them. And it came with like a little dry spice seasoning that you could kind of dip the squid into. But I also liked just dipping the squid in a little bit of that pickly juice from the cucumber too, Mm -hmm. just to give Mm -hmm. it a little bit of sour bite. It was so great. Next up, we tried their black pepper garlic steak bites, which had such a cute tableside presentation. It came in a little dish with these pieces of steak, several cloves of garlic, and this uh, sauce that it was being served in. And then they um, lit a flame under the serving dish to keep the whole thing warm during the duration of 
eating the dish, which was such a fun touch. Yeah. Speaking of like regional Chinese dishes, this dish is kind of a common um, like Chinese night market sort of dish. You'll like see vendors grilling it up like that. And it's it's so delicious. I mean, it's irresistible. Everyone loves like a juicy bite of red meat, those big cloves of garlic. But they're really they're mild, too. So you can totally pop them each into your mouth without it being like garlic overload. Yeah, but they were like kind of cooked down and soft and sweet. Uh And then the sauce that it's in is a black pepper sauce. So it had like a little bit of stickiness, sweetness. It was really, really good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a crowd pleaser for sure. Speaking of crowd pleasers, Mm -hmm. their volcano fried rice, which was such a delight. That also had a table side presentation where they brought the rice on a hot plate and then the chef came out and there was like a little ring around the rice that was like an empty border and that is where they poured the egg mixture and cooked it at the table and then tossed the rice in front of us which just makes you like so excited to eat the rice i don't know it, it was just a nice touch and inside the volcano fried rice was the kung pao chicken they also had peanut in it carrot onions and i had never had a kung pao chicken fried rice but I'm really into that. Yeah, yeah. The owner told us this cute story about how it's sort of based on like growing up. It's, again, a regional version of that Kung Pao dish that she like was really familiar and loved. And she was like, the best part is the next day when you like throw it into some rice or eggs. So we wanted to like bring that here and then give it kind of a flashy presentation. So and it works. It's, you know, the sizzling fajita platter effect. You bring it to the table and you're like, oh, what's that? Yeah. So excited. And then also when they pour the uh, eggs on there, you get those really fresh, fluffy bits of scrambled egg in your fried rice, you yeah. know. So that was great. I loved that. One part of the menu that's kind of big is like a noodle section. Yes. So they do um, these is cold Korean noodle soup called nangmyeong. It's something I think some visitors are going to be really excited about because there's not really many places you can get this in town. It's these Korean buckwheat noodles that are kind of similar to Japanese soba noodles, but they have more sweet potato starch and some wheat flour in there. So they're more of that bouncy that bouncy rice flour kind of noodle. The noodles were so good because they're so tiny and thin, but they have such a great texture to them that they really hold their weight. You know, Mm -hmm. you think like it's going to get lost in this soupy mess, but really they are the star of the that dish for me. Yeah, it's again, it's served cold. They said in the summer, they'll even like put ice cubes in there I for know, like so cute. extra cold effect. And it's very fresh. Lots of like cilantro. There's chopped up cucumber in there and cabbage, a lot of fresh, crunchy stuff. There's a marinated egg, which is always my favorite part, a piece of sliced beef. So yeah, it's almost like, um, it's interesting. It's kind of a cross between, yeah, like a cold soba noodle and pho because it's that really refreshing yes. herbal kind of soup. Yeah, because the broth has a little bit of heat to it there's mm-hmm. like there's like some good acid acidity in there and it feels very fresh so i would say yeah more like a cold pho that's mm-hmm. a great that's a great take on it and the owner who was speaking with us was talking about one of her co-owners is from an area in china that borders north korea mm-hmm. so this dish is one of their contributions, and she was describing it as a very, like, popular North Korean dish. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was a fun detail. And I had never had it before, so I was really excited to try it, and I loved it. Yeah, yeah. People might be more familiar with the South Korean take on it, but this is a different one. And again, a noodle dish, they have two bowls of ramen on the menu. They have, like, a house—their signature version of a tonkotsu ramen— 
And I will say as I'm the ramen nerd of the group and it's not a super thick, rich tonkotsu that you might be kind of expecting. It's clearly cut. We tasted maybe some dashi. Yeah, it had a more seafood, a lot of seafood Uh flavor. Some seafood note to it where um, tonkotsu is usually like fully pork bone broth. So maybe it's some extra seasoning, but it did have kind of a unique personality. The noodles were perfectly what you want. Firm, springy, chewy. The marinated egg was perfect. A really custardy, bright yellow yolk. Those menma bamboo shoots, which are my favorite part, and a great toasty piece of chasu pork. So it's great. They have a little something for everybody. Yeah. And speaking of that, there is a separate vegetarian section of the menu. I thought that was really helpful because a lot of people, I feel like when they're going to like an Asian restaurant that has a lot of like soups and like brothy dishes that are usually made with bone broth. They don't know if they're going to have an option, but they had like a vegetarian bibimbap that was really nice that I got to try that had tofu in it. They have a vegetarian tempura platter that was really good that Mm -hmm. we got that had like mushroom, enoki mushrooms. It had zucchini, I think eggplant, Mm -hmm. carrot, a sweet potato. That was really great. And then one of the surprises for me was the matcha pudding at the end. Oh, yeah. That was the star. It was a killer dessert. It was super jiggly. Yeah. Yeah. Almost like a panna cotta or a jello jello. kind of thing crossed between a pudding. They had layers to it. Like the top was a whipped cream. The middle was like the matcha pudding. And then on the bottom of the bowl was like this intense matcha base. Mm -hmm. So it was like the deeper you go, the better it got. And then they served it with this golden shovel that was a spoon. It was so cute. Everything about that place, the aesthetic is really Mm -hmm. on point. Yeah. And they top it with a little bit of Japanese candy. It's so cute. Yeah. So highly recommend Jin Zen. Super great place for lunch. I want to go there for dinner. I just like Mm -hmm. the space so much. I just want to sit there. Yeah. I bet it's so pretty and glowy in there at night. They don't serve alcohol yet, but... Maybe in the near future. Yeah, they had a great variety of tea drinks. You can get like a house boba there. They make the boba fresh every day in house. It was really soft and chewy. They had a beautiful um, Thai iced tea that, again, we commented it's not everything there. It's not like super heavy syrupy. Mm -hmm. They also had a few different flavored iced teas. We had a a mango one that was so delicious. Mango was so good. It it tastes like fresh mango. Yes, very fresh and fruity. That was our dream staff lunch. Mm-hmm. So this month in the January issue, we have a feature from one of our drinks writers, Bill Moran. He covers a lot of nightlife spots for us. He does a great job. And this month he wrote about a bunch of whiskey bars that he recommends. You can find the story in print and on the digital issue online and look for it at saucemagazine.com soon. So he uh, put together a list of six places. Uh, We're going to cover a couple of them right now. And first up is Blood and Sand. A classic. Yeah. He mentions that they have over 280 bottles of whiskey, including American bourbons, whiskeys and rice, but also international selections from Mexico, Sweden, India, Japan, Ireland. So a lot of scotches are on the list as well. And Blood and Sand is really known for when they first opened, they were like a members only type of a place. Now that's not the case. And They are known for their cocktail program. Mm -hmm. They have always had an impressive cocktail list. And Bill mentions that on the menu right now, they have a a drink called the Big Papa that he recommended people try, which has a mix of bourbon, mezcal, tamarind syrup, mint syrup, and lime juice. And truthfully, every cocktail that I've had at Blood and Sand has been 
really, really great. Mm -hmm. And I think the space is really beautiful, too. The experience of being there, it's like very romantic, kind of luxe interior. Yeah, they got away with the members only rules, but it still has that vibe. It feels like you're really in the know when you walk in there. Yeah, very exclusive. Mm -hmm. That's a great point. That's Blood and Sand. They're at 1500 St. Charles Street. Up next is Stubborn German Brewing. Yeah, yeah, we're going to talk about a couple places across the river. Stubborn German is in Waterloo. It's right on that strip next to Gallagher's, which you might know. It's like a classic good fried chicken spot. And Stubborn German, it is a brewery, so they have great brews that they make there. But they also have about 150 different bottles of bourbons and whiskeys at the bar. They have uh, 30 of their own barrel picks. And uh, most whiskey flights, Bill notes too, when you get them, you're used to seeing maybe a three-pour flight or a four-pour. But Stubborn German offers up to six. Ooh. And they do a bourbon of the week. You can get an one-and-a-half-ounce pour for half price. That's great. If you get the special one. And they're a great bottle shop, too. So you can go and shop there. It's a good whiskey lover's haven over there. I think that's really nice that a brewery has so much selection like that. Sometimes you want more than a beer. Mm -hmm. They've got you. Also on the list is the Midwestern Meat and Drink. They have, he notes, 300 unique bottles, which is a staggering collection. I think yeah, it's one crazy. of I think it's one of the biggest in the region, he said. Mm-hmm. It suits the space, too. It's a big open space down there. Yeah. And he mentions that they have a list that's categorized by distillery. And then further categories for Missouri, Irish, Scotch, and Japanese whiskeys. And then their menu is barbecue. So it's like, what goes better with barbecue than bourbon or whiskey? It's a perfect pairing. They also have some private barrel picks, which are exclusive to the restaurant, which you can buy by the bottle. And you can also buy by the pour. So that's kind of a fun twist on getting exclusive bourbon or whiskey when you get something that's unique to that particular space. So that's the Midwestern meat and drink. Mm-hmm. And then finally, the cabin at Judy Creek. Here's another Illinois pick, maybe kind of a hidden gem for St. Louis residents. It's in Glen Carbon. It's this really cozy cabin space, true to its name. It has a lot of decorations inside. It has a patio with a lot of like cozy fireplaces to hang out at. They have a great uh, smoked meat menu. They have um, nachos that live rent free in my mind. I love them. It's really rustic but cozy. If you like whiskey, You'll go nuts. You can also create your own flights there. You can build your own truly from the ground up. No rules. You just pick between like three price tiers and then you can get three samples in each tier. They also have great cocktails. Bill loves their Manhattan. Made it with minor case rye, sweet vermouth and bitters. And they do that big single ball of ice. So it's like this rustic dive kind of feel, but elevated. Yeah, an elevated dive. Yeah, they also have like a surprisingly great wine list. You know, beer and cocktails, too. So it really is a great local neighborhood hangout. Yeah. And their patio that you mentioned, it is really nice. Mm -hmm. Like on summer nights, it's so cute. Yeah. Even the fall, it's really expansive, too. It's like long flowing. There's lots of spots to hang out. That sounds great. Okay, so up next, we're heading to Massage Mediterranean Restaurant, which is a Mediterranean restaurant inside of the city foundry. And we're just going to check it out. Yeah, it's the newest addition to the food hall at City Foundry. It's actually the second location from the folks who own Golden Chicken in St. Peter's, which I know is a cult classic. It's always makes top of list of best local places to eat, like deep far in the county out there. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we're really excited to try it. Yeah, can't wait. So that's it for this week. Thank you so much for listening. 
And we'll catch you next time. Talk to you next time. Links and location information to all the restaurants mentioned in this episode can be found in our show notes. Our audio engineer is Alejandro Ramirez. Additional reporting for this episode was done by Ian Shaw, Michelle Volansky, and Lauren Healy. Episodes of The Sauce are recorded at the St. Louis Public Library's Creative Experience Studio. Find new episodes of The Sauce every Wednesday and listen and follow wherever you get your podcasts.